This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're live. Good morning. Good morning. Let me hit this coffee. C-Mac, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, good morning, Keith. How are you? Trying to uh, wake up myself. I've only been up for four hours with the kids already, so I know me and you are kind <laughs> of... Well, you know, we're on the same uh, path, but I'm just, you know, a couple of years down the road. But it's still early mornings, trying to get breakfast in before bus stops, trying to not watch wrestling as best I can. That's where we're at right now. I told you when I first saw you, either uh, DJs or maybe in the office, new respect for you. You having two little boys. Yep. Uh, it's funny you just said you've been up for four hours because yep. uh, I, I was up, you know, probably four times, like 12, three six and now it makes it four and yeah. uh i don't know how people honestly do uh, this i i'm learning but you did it twice so congrats just, on that yeah you just do it the the my my little guy andrew has a habit of now just walking into the bedroom and staring in my face until i wake up at five <laughs> o'clock and he's just standing there i'm like go back to bed buddy it's five o'clock but that's what we do well the kids will wake up hopefully the yankees will wake up uh, let's hope we just played three games in the Bronx. This is the return of Bronx Baseball Podcast. Myself and C-Mac will take you through the series, take you through the news, and everything going on in the Bronx with that baseball team that plays with the pinstripes up there. I mean, there's a lot of hype around those guys, but those guys are not the same without one Aaron Judge. So uh, let's go game by game. Uh, we'll start game one, game two, game three. The one thing I wanted to say, and maybe you'll think of, of something that um, you want to say is like an overarching feeling about um, this series. The one thing I want to say is that there was a lot of talk about, oh, it's not a rivalry anymore. It's not a rivalry. Right. Oh, this rivalry has no juice. Well, the thing about a rivalry is like how competitive it is and what history it has. And those two things haven't left. And I think when those things come together, you get a wacky series. You always get this like weird energy around the Red Sox Yankees. It, it had me thinking about, uh, the Blair Witch Project. I'm like, wasn't that up there in Massachusetts? I'm like, there's something weird going on, right? Yeah. We, we had the we had the smoke this week going yeah. into it. Then we get into this series, and uh, 
John Sterling gets hit with a foul ball that pops <laughs> pops up and hits him in the face. Ow. Uh, the the one game like you know Stanton was in. Stanton gets hit. Calhoun yeah. gets hit in live BP by Carlos Rodon. In all of these games, there were things like I don't know Devers going deep on Cole and yeah. that pitch that he hit. It's just like what? There's yeah. there's errors. There's mislaps. Um. Or mishaps or lapses yeah. and Ment- I don't know mistakes. I, I haven't said too many words yet. I've been up for a whole twenty minutes, yeah. but you understand what I'm saying, right? No, now. I agree. Team, it's still a rivalry because wacky things go on during this series, and these games were all tight and competitive, and that's a rivalry still. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Listen, it's always I thought it would be the talk about how it's it's juiceless. It doesn't mean anything. I think it's ridiculous. I still think it's Yankees-Red Sox. But having said that, I mean, if you look at the two teams right now, the Yankees line up without Aaron Judge and and with, you know, Rizzo in a complete fog. LeMahieu being a 230 hitter and Stanton unable to play back-to-back games, it seems, or at least, you know, and certainly not get into the outfield and struggling off of coming back from injury and what the Red Sox are. And I know the division's great. Everyone's over 500. You watch the Red Sox lineup they throw out there. The two teams, I would have to say, you know, in recent memory, I can't remember a series, especially in June, the first series they've played this year, which is another weird thing with the new schedule. I think this is the longest they've gone into a season without playing the Red Sox since 1996, I heard on the broadcast. So with the new, uh, you know, evened out schedule, we don't play 19 times. For it to be the first series against the Red Sox in June with both teams throwing out possibly the worst lineups we've seen between the two of them in one series in a decade, I have to admit it did leave me feeling a little bit like what has happened to Yankees-Red Sox. But at the same time, it is Yankees-Red Sox. It's a division rival. And whenever you play a a last-place team in your division at home, you should win that series. I don't care who's there. I don't care who's pitching. You're playing the worst team in your division at home. You have to win these games. And it's a disappointing series. And obviously it ends, and we'll get to all three games, but it ends with boneheaded mistakes it ends with inept offense. It ends in a disappointing evening where they should have won that game. They had to lead late. Uh, you know, King has now blown a couple of games. If you go back to the White Sox series, so it's it's just a frustrating a frustrating time. Obviously, since Aaron Judge made that great play, we were all riding high talking about it's not just home runs. He's Superman. Look at and from that play on, it's been just a, a, a ten a week of just disaster. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team there should be a trial there should be yeah. a lawsuit <laughs> los angeles dodgers we get, i'm in if you want to start a class action suit i'm in yeah we got to yeah. do something that was 
I can't believe that. It's just something you don't even think about happening. No. And when that happened, I'm like, well, why is there a concrete slab with these yeah. guys running full speed chasing fly balls? But yeah. either way, okay, so all three games had the same score. And yeah, uh I know watching these games outside of the errors and throwing the ball around and uh, you know, some of that stuff, and even like the lesser known guys, like there was a lot of lesser known guys playing in these games, guys that could have been in AAA, you know, a couple guys like like Joe Jacques from my area, Red Bank Regional got the call up. Um, mm-hmm. You're seeing Billy McKinney out there, Jake Bowers, Willie Calhoun. Um, some of the guys on the Red Sox team, I don't, I wasn't too familiar with them. But yeah. what, what I'll say is 3-2, 3-2, Those are the type of games they talk about are like postseason games that you got to win close and the pitching's got to win it or one home run or one big hit to win it. So let's go back to the first game, man. Garrett Cole uh, on a Friday night in the boogie down Bronx, towing the slab. You feel good about Garrett Cole out there. Um, I I, I honestly, I have no issues with Cole outside of him pitching to Devers, but like he's going to pitch to Devers because he's Garrett Cole. Absolutely. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I understand the numbers. I don't expect him to to just flat out pitch around him. Um, uh, And the home run he hit, it's a changeup down and away, and he hit it to the deepest part of the ballpark. I mean, there are just sometimes special players do special things, and he just he owns Cole. He sees it coming out of his hand as good as you could possibly see it. So I, I'm okay with that. I thought Cole pitched a pretty good game. I thought Cole even through his – you know, he had those couple of starts where really it looked back to the home run Cole, but his last couple Dodgers obviously leaves with cramps, but he pitched well in that game. I thought he pitched well enough to win in this game. You know, the the Red Sox lineup isn't that good, and I understand the idea of this one guy who can beat you and you don't want to let him beat you. But I think aces and closers kind of have that same mentality where they're going to go out and get everything. They're not going to pitch around, guys. You're not going to put a guy on, especially Cole in that ballpark. I mean, he's prone to give up the home run. It's a small ballpark. I'm not putting guys on and turning a Devers solo home run into a a two-run home run. So I have no problem in attacking him, uh, but he's just – he owns him. There's no doubt about it. He owns him. Cole knows it. It's like uh, Choi with uh, with Tampa Bay had Cole's G-Man number G-Man Choi. I mean, yeah, that you, was his nemesis. Nemesis. And now it's obviously, obviously Devers. Uh, they both know it. Devers hadn't hit a home run in a while. Devers has been struggling. He mm-hmm. Cole's the elixir. So uh, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I don't know how else to do it. I, I don't want Cole to be afraid of anyone. I don't want pitching. He's our ace. I'm not going out there and giving into the idea that that Devers is going to beat him every single time, but it sure feels that way. So, so but I have the, no problem going after him. Correction: the second game was three one. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, same type of feel. You know, same kind of feel, no doubt. Same Close thing. games. You're waiting for someone to make a, a no play, offense. waiting for something to happen. Uh, the first night. Um, the other story from that game, I mean, we could go on about Albert Abreu, but they're going to pitch yeah. in there. It's the first game of the series with the bullpen. I'm not an yeah. Albert Abreu fan. I don't think yeah. any exist, but but you understand the move and guys got to execute. Um, the yeah. other story I mean, from game one, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, a lot of people, I did the show that night and a lot of people were mad about Abreu and I, I just don't understand the anger of it. You know, he's he's got he's had some issues with runners and in, uh, with inherited runners, but he's actually got really good numbers with starting an inning. They're, they're down in the bullpen. They just played a doubleheader. It's the bottom of the lineup. And this is what upsets Yankee fans. I think a lot about Boone and the way the Yankees go about their stuff is they have these lanes 
and uh, the idea that he's a puppet and it's predetermined. And I think a lot of it's overblown. But, yeah, there was a predetermined thought. Cole out of the game, bottom of the lineup to start an inning, we like Abreu in that spot. That was predetermined. That's how the Yankees think. That's how the Yankees do their business. I have no problem with it. He gave up a solo home run to a good hitter. Like, it's that they scored two runs. Like, we, we were focused right. on the wrong things when we get upset about that. Abreu has a three-something ERA. He, he's he's the maybe the worst pitcher in the Yankee bullpen, but he's not terrible. And I understand it's the seventh inning, but it's the bottom of the lineup. You just had a doubleheader. You know, you could argue they went through too many pitchers in the doubleheader. You throw in – and he did it again in game three where he throws uh, Peralta for a pitch or – you know, so I, I get it. You're going through a lot of relievers, but that's where they were. And Abreu's been pretty good. He throws 99 miles an hour, and – that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because they can't score runs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 